And the Cleveland Browns have made it into the NFL playoffs for the first time in 18 long years. Going deep, he's got Cleveland and Brown. the ball. And NFL high, 12th dropped pass. You suck. Colin Sexton has the Cavs' last 17 points. Looking for 20. Oh, my! You're tuning into the We Like Sports Podcast. Make sure to stay tuned for your latest sports news on the We Like Sports Podcast. I don't want to play no more. Why don't you shut the hell up? Hey, We Like Sports Podcast. This is Riggs of the We Like Sports Podcast. I've not seen or heard of you guys in so long, and it's great to be back. Uh, Sooner than later, hopefully, we will all be on video, and you can get a great look at our handsome faces. Well, most of us handsome. I mean, depends which view you end up looking at. Side or the right side. Depends which profile you end up liking the most. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, the reason why I'm a little bit late right now is me and my upstairs neighbor, he was... um, complaining to me about the Kansas City Chiefs game and how, you know, he felt like it was a little bit unfair for the Cincinnati Bengals and then complaining more about the all the yellow flags that was on the field for the uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, there was a lot of flags in that game. And the thing is, too, is with both the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game, both those games so far, it just seems like you end up having – I wouldn't say an issue necessarily, but a lot of players are going to expect of everybody's beater. Because if you notice, the Bengals said the same thing. The uh, San Francisco 49ers said that after halftime, it seemed like there was a fix and it was an anonymous source by the uh, 49ers player. So, like, it's really interesting to say the least. But, I mean, there's a lot of different flags that were called that probably should or shouldn't have been made things very interesting this weekend yeah it really was i seen a a facebook meme online of uh wwe superstar bailey who is a san francisco 49ers fan she attended the nfc championship game with no sleep because the wwe had their event the royal rumble the night before and i feel bad for my favorite wwe women's wrestler because she watched her hometown team take an absolute beating right in front of her yeah, I mean, was she actually live at the game then, too? She was actually in, uh, no, it wouldn't have been in San Francisco. It was in Philly, but did she end up traveling and hanging out with Mike Trout? She had to have, because I seen a picture of her. She was on the sidelines. And oh, she really? said, like, hashtag no sleep and NFC championship game. I was like, wow, I'm like, you did the Royal Rumble last night. Now you're here. Yeah, you definitely caught a red-eye flight or something. So it's hashtag no sleep till the Royal Rumble. I believe that was it. Wait, are you being serious or are you like trying to beastie boy me? Uh, a little bit of both. I'd be your beastie serious. I don't know. That, that, it sounded better in my head. It did. I understand that. It was a good try. Well, you know what you do with the dream? You always try and try again. Exactly. What was your uh, thoughts of overall with the uh, NFC Championship game, AF Championship game? I mean, that's the most recent memory right now. And I think that's going to be the most talked about thing We're coming up. In the next couple of weeks, probably next week's podcast, we'll be looking at the AFC Championship game, NFC Champion. We're going to end up previewing the Super Bowl, I think, next week. But this week, we could end up recapping it. What were your thoughts? Let's break it down with the NFC Championship game. I mean, you saw both games, you said, for the most part. What was your thoughts of the NFC Championship game, Rick? I feel like the NFC Championship game was very, very one-sided. It was very alpha-beta, alpha being the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Um, I just felt like the Eagles were more prepared. I think the cars were definitely stacked against San Francisco with their quarterback situation. 
you know, yeah, um, the risk situation did not help out with him whatsoever. It was just, it ended in disappointment essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who number 15 is on the, uh, San Francisco 49ers, but watching his reaction on the bench and everything, you know, it, it's kind of heartbreaking, but you know, you win some, you lose some, you know, and I wish the best for the 49ers and hopefully they make it back. In my personal opinion, even though I am divorced from the Cleveland Browns, I really, really enjoyed the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to be in the NFC Championship game. And in my honest opinion, I think the Cowboys would have maybe gave the Eagles a little bit of a run for their money. I don't think it wouldn't have been that bad of a game that we got last night. I also think the San Francisco 49ers, they are a great team. But, yeah, I'm happy I don't sports bet here in Ohio or I didn't bet on that game because I would have lost, lost some money on the – on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and I understand that. And as you mentioned betting, too, I want to shout out our good friends over at the Snooze You Lose podcast, Uncle Joe the Black Bookie. Make sure you check out his podcast. Great podcast. Sports better as well. Shout out to him. What's up? It's your boy, Uncle Joe the Black Bookie. Don't go anywhere as you're listening to the We Like Sports podcast. Once the show is over, tune in and subscribe to the Snooze You Lose podcast, available on all streaming platforms. Our show is a sports and a sports betting podcast where the motto is and always will be win together, lose together. So tune in and like I always say, snooze you lose. As you end up mentioning sports betting, having a parlay with both the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers winning the AFC championship and NFC championship respectively, it kind of ended up just ending in disappointment after you saw the first result of the 49ers game. That was strike one, so I was already out, unlike baseball. And strike two obviously came that night when the Chiefs somehow won penalty field, whatever you want to call it, with the AFC championship game. And not the smartest move by uh, Joseph Asai from the Bengals, unfortunately. But, I mean, he's a young kid, and you have to end up learning from that. And even though after the game, one of his teammates that were yelling in the tunnel ended up apologizing after he kind of ended up out of frustration of the gift of competition, I guess you could say, was frustrated and yelling at why'd he do that. But then all his teammates afterwards in the locker room while they're interviewing him, Joseph Asai I'm talking about, uh, Mm -hmm. you got everybody picking him up because he's a young kid. He's only 24, I think, maybe even 23. And in that moment, Mahomes was out of bounds. You shouldn't have been hitting him at the end of the game. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the highlight, Riggs. Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's a play right there. He's uh, he, he went across the uh, the white stripe. So, you know, he's clear. You know, you shouldn't have touched him right there. But like you said, I think that was clearly out of frustration. And, yeah, he was young. He's young, and he, he clearly wasn't thinking. You know, this, this was his opportunity to say, hey, I'm competing in the Super Bowl, and I'm only 22 years old, and I have a ring out of it, or at least competed in one. Right, exactly. But I mean, what's that one song? I think by Asia, uh, "Heat of the Moment." I was just singing that. Uh, that's funny. I was singing that upstairs with my neighbor. Seriously, Siri? it was the heat. That's a good song. It really is a good song. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, though, it, that "Heat of the Moment," that's going to be the situation that ends up happening. Though, is that was still a tie game too. That probably ended up jeopardizing the Bengals' chances of going to the Super Bowl. But things end up happening. Shit happens in sports. It happens time in and time out. And that's just the way that things are going to be. It sucks for the Bengals. They were that close. Like I was telling you earlier off the air, Riggs, that we were saying that Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes, the Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs, 
a future rivalry now. Yeah, it really does seem like a future rivalry because uh, we've seen, like we talked about off air, you know, we've seen Eli, Eli and Tom and Peyton versus whoever wow. he had his rivalry with. And, yeah, this could be a new rivalry for the new generation. You know, if Tom Brady is done, he's out. Ben Roethlisberger, he's done, he's out. So it's going to be time for some new young blood and some fresh faces to battle it out in the National Football League. Without a doubt. I mean, who do you think outside of obviously Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, like I mentioned, and obviously it's a rivalry at this point just because it's been stated that way. You saw the intensity last night. You saw Travis Kelsey call the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni. Yeah, that 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 says a lot. Travis Kelsey, he's one of my favorite tight ends in the NFL. Cleveland Heights, born and raised native. He went to college at Cincinnati. So I guarantee he most definitely, like Michael Jordan, he took that personally, you know, his home <laughs> state, his home college state, threw some shade at him. And I did some research on Burrowhead. I'm like, okay, what's Burrowhead? Okay, Arrowhead, Joe Burrow, because they were saying he was going to, basically own the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, and then that's when Travis Kelsey said it's Mahomes' house. And, yeah, he had every right to say that after that. It is Mahomes' house in Arrowhead. And also on uh, national TV, too, for the post-game interview on the field, Travis Kelsey interrupted Patrick Mahomes' interview on the field and within seconds screamed, looked into the camera and goes, Burrowhead my ass, Mahomes, whatever you ended up saying. I just blanked out on it. Mahomes. Uh, yeah, Mahomes house. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to call it something cooler, okay? That's no, okay. Yeah, I can even tell, like, watching that footage of that, Pat Mahomes was kind of patting Travis Kelsey saying, okay, man, I get it. Calm down because he already swore on national television. He probably didn't want him to say another bad cuss word, especially a four-letter cuss word, and then now he's fined and things like that. So, like, I can see if you go back and watch that video, Pat's telling him, hey, man, calm down or Hey, I appreciate you. I, I took that for both of those. Like, hey, watch your mouth. Cool. But hey, this is my moment at this at the moment to my tight end. In the moment, everybody it kind of reminded me that was the closest thing to something like Richard Sherman did back in the day. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, NFL guys. I guarantee if you can ask every single NFL player, have they or do they watch professional wrestling? I guarantee a good 95 to 99% will say yes because you know watching those guys in the heat of the moment once again um speak yeah baby it's it's you know i feel like i'm watching like a randy savage or a or a hawk hogan in the middle of a post match interview you know i don't i don't i don't blame it you know i like it i like the intensity you can see them upset you see the passion and these men, you know, like there was a commercial before that game, the AFC championship games. Like it was a yeah, it is a child's game. Basically, how they were trying to explain it. If you are fans of the We Like Sports podcast, if you want to look up that uh, po- a pregame NFL commercial. But it basically states on like football is a child's game. But when a grown man plays it, like there's so much more pride and there's way much more on the line. And it's not trying to blur the lines on kids don't feel that way. It's just more. It's just an, I felt like they just took that as it's a child's game, but on another level, if that makes any sense. But I, I definitely remember there was a, a pregame commercial talking about football being a child's game. And it showed like Pat Mahomes as a kid, teenager in high school playing football, Joe Burrow. Kelsey, you know, anyone that was involved in that game. And then they showed them, you know, college and showing them now. And, you know, basically, I think like the kid is still inside of them while they're playing these games. But 
that's just me. I understand that too. And going back to even continue your point about football players watching professional wrestling, I mean, you have George Kittle, who's known to be a wrestling fan from the 49ers. You have Travis Kelsey, who obviously made it completely blatant that he's a wrestling fan after last night. Or not last night, after Monday, because this is coming out on Tuesday for the We Like Sports Podcast. You can catch us anywhere, Anchor, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple. Also, check out the We Like Sports Podcast website, too, welikesportspc.com. But yeah, going back to what you were saying earlier, all these wrestlers, that was three. There was one more that I ended up having on the Aaron Rodgers was a part of it. Ben Roethlisberger. Look at the old raw guest host. You know what I mean? I was just about to bring that up to you. Like, yeah, the, your Pittsburgh Steelers and, like, the offensive line was in the ring with degeneration. Yep, I was seriously going to bring that up. That was, like, a 2008. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, I think Casey just joined us. Yeah, Casey. What's going on? What's up? What's up? What are we talking about? Uh, so what we were talking about right now is we talked a little bit of the AFC and NFC championship game. We'll get back to that a little bit. But we were talking about football players being wrestling fans, essentially, and also Travis Kelsey cutting the promo on Cincinnati both times after the game. What were you saying that uh, – what's, what's his name? The, the guy used to go to AIW, the tight end, Gary Barnage. Yeah, if, the, if, yeah. if, if the Browns didn't made the playoffs, is he going to cut the same promo uh, back then? He might be, That's he might funny. be making a comeback now. Yeah. But, yeah, going back, though, I guess we could end up jumping a little bit further into the AFC Championship game. What were your guys' thoughts, though, overall? Did you end up thinking Kansas City was going to win? Was the trash talking going to end up costing Cincinnati after it was talked about all throughout the week, that it was Burrowhead, that it was this, that it was going to be an intense game no matter what? Numbers-wise, like Scott Steiner, they don't lie. And I said that for another consecutive week. Yeah, I think I think the trash talking got the the best of uh, Cincinnati. Honestly, you know they're cocky. They were there. They were in the big game last year, and I felt like they were they felt like they were an unstoppable force going into Arrowhead, not Burrowhead. I appreciate the confidence on the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think you know they they ran their mouth a little bit too hard. Like the Mike Tyson saying goes, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face." I also think Mahomes might be that new quarterback of this generation, honestly. I know it gets t- – like, what did they say? I, I saw a stat during the game. They said he's tied – or no, he's the second NFL quarterback to have uh, AFC championship games. I believe he – Brady has – well, they say Mahomes has five, I believe, and I forgot they had Brady's number. Don't quote me on the numbers of exact if you guys can look that up for me. But they were saying that, yeah, he's the second quarterback – that's had so many like conference championship games and that's that that's really impressive on his part you know and I mean, his it, team it, it showed yesterday I mean with that bad ankle he still wasn't phased like you, you look at his stats you look at the box score and you see the numbers he put up there's no chance if you didn't see the game oh yeah he must have had normal Mahomes game he's fine nothing wrong with them but the fact that he put those numbers up with that bad ankle it's even crazier. Yeah. yeah. And that number for Tom Brady, too, is nine AFC championship games. But Patrick Mahomes is only 27, and this is already his fifth AFC championship game. And ever since he's been playing football in the NFL, too, he's been in an AFC championship game. So that speaks volumes as is, too. That's why I root against him. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, been, it's like Brady. Like, I used to like, didn't I like Brady. So I don't like Mahomes now. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing that sucks, too, about the NFL. When you start to see that person in the spotlight so much, you do get tired of him. Yeah, I am tired of Tom Brady. I can admit, though, he is an amazing athlete in the National Football League, and 
I don't want to get tired of Pat Mahomes, but I think I'm almost I'm almost quite there. I'm happy in a way we didn't get too much Peyton Manning because I didn't want to get tired of Peyton Manning. And me living in Cleveland and was a Cleveland Browns fan, yeah, I got tired of Ben Roethlisberger. So, so that is a good point because, I mean, like you look at basketball too with Steph Curry, like – I hate Steph Curry because I'm a Cavs fan, but even then, I, he's just, they're always just so good and you, you no one can stop him. Like, it's just so yeah. frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Like, I still have nightmares of the 2015 17 NBA Finals, just seeing him dribble the ball down the court and just the fact that he can just let it go from top of the key. And nine times out of 10, it goes in. It was more of a surprise if he missed it. Like, you expected he was hitting everyone he put up. I just can't stand Patrick Mahomes' family. And uh, that's something cruel to say almost, but just uh, <laughs> it's a lot. But they're like his little brother was in the spotlight for the longest time and on TikTok. And then you end up having his wife now in the spotlight all the time. You have his stupid Kermit voice too that ends up irritating you. It just Patrick Mahomes is somebody easy to hate almost. Absolutely. And Justin. Justin in to hey. the We Like Sports podcast. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes, Justin? <clears throat> He's a prima donna Tom Brady. Like, I don't know how much you guys talked about with the game last night, but that was the worst officiated game I've ever seen in NFL history. We, we've, we, we've, we've, we've talked a good amount about it, but if you want to elaborate and give us your opinions on it, man, that's more than welcome. Like, don't get me wrong. That last play of the game when uh, – I can't remember who it was uh, – Joseph Asai. Yes, when he when he hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, dumb. You know that's obviously a penalty. They let the Kansas City Chiefs run a play after the whole play was ran, come back, add time on the clock, and say something's wrong with the play clock. I mean, I was yeah, I was working had, during the game. Four or five third down plays by the time that drive was concluded. It was a ridiculous amount, and it definitely made you stretch your head at least once or twice. Right, and then some of the defensive holding penalties. I mean, yeah, obviously you see defensive holdings, but that many times, back to back to back. I don't know. It, it just looked funny. It looked rigged. Uh, as much as I as, as much as I could watch. I mean, I like I said, I worked last night, so I was able to like catch parts of the game. So working at the bar, there was just a ton of Cincinnati Bengals fans, and I just just hearing them complaining, and then there were Buffalo Bills fans that have come in the past couple of weeks and watching the games and all that, even they're jumping on Cincinnati's side. So, I mean, I don't mind seeing Kansas City win. Uh, I would have liked to see the Bengals win because, you know, represent the AFC North. Go Steelers. P, what's up, baby? Hey, that's why I like you, Justin. I don't know. It's, it's, it just looks fishy to me. That, that's all. That's Where's all. this bar that's even located at, though? The bar that I'm, that I'm at? Sideline Sports Bar and Grill. One one six five Pearl Road, Brunswick, Ohio four four two one two. Best wings in the in the area. What's going on, We Like Sports Podcast fans? We wanted to take the time to tell you about our great friends at Sidelines Sports Bar and Grill. Sidelines is known to have the best wings in the Cleveland area, with over 30 different wing flavors, including our favorite, the Spicy Honey Blast. Sidelines also has their steak special every Wednesday, all day, for only $9. You get a perfect 8-ounce strip steak, served with your choice of a baked potato or fries, with a side salad with the dressing of your choice. This great deal is for dining only. Stop in to see 
our friends at Sideline Sports Bar and Grill at 1165 Pearl Road in Brunswick, Ohio. Again, that's 1165 Pearl Road in Brunswick, Ohio. Or give them a call for takeout at 330-220-0888. 330-220-0888. Sideline Sports Bar and Grill for nights you never remember, but the friends you'll never forget. Definitely have to check that spot out sometime. Hey, Wednesdays and Sundays, I work up there. Come in and see me. Okay, I'm off. I'm off of my job on Wednesday, so yeah, me and Peyton will have to uh, try to make a pay for that. We'd invite Casey in, but that's going to be a long drive from Florida. Riggs is paying for the flight, he said. So Riggs is booking flights, or is he booking Stephen R. Smith's flight again? Oh man, yeah. I, I, speaking of him, yeah, he was. Ta- I was talking to him a little bit earlier, and um, he, was, he was thinking about coming out of retirement and giving in his input. Um, probably the week of the Super Bowl. For the We Like Sports podcast. Is he still living with you? Or what's going on? What's the latest on Stephen R. Smith? Did that Amazon Prime Live app come out? That was supposed to be Super Bowl like 2020. <laughs> Man, I have no clue. He 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 disappeared like I wish an ex-girlfriend would. And then he just <laughs> magically came right back. He's in he sounds like he's in good spirits. Um he said he's been doing a lot of meditating and trying to find himself in the inner chi. I know he's got a lot of sports knowledge that he wants to get off his chest and he wants to help us with on the We Like Sports podcast. So when he gives me a call and we'll go from there and I'll get him over to the house and I'll get him on the show. I'll tell you this. I was listening to some of the old podcasts when uh, Stephen R. was uh, was there. Those are some of the funniest episodes I've ever listened to in my life. Well, I'm pretty sure he I'm pretty sure he greatly appreciates that. So, yeah, um, when he's <laughs> there was the one episode when uh Someone kept calling him over and over. Uh, he, he just got pissed and he just left. <laughs> and then we were talking about uh, draft day down in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. How Stephen R. was there and, and the commissioner, Commissioner Goodell, pretty much gave him the cold shoulder, didn't hook him up at all. No, yep, he didn't even. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah I, I think that was the, the start of his downfall. I think he started to realize, like, hey, I'm not as popular as I once was. I'm losing all my limelight to guys like Dan Orlowski on the four-letter network. I, I got to get back to who I used to be. So, yeah, I think he went and recharged his batteries a little bit. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Let Stephen R. Smith know that since the WeLikeSportsPC.com website is live now, he could give his input now on anything sports-related if you'd like to. We could set him up with the log and just send us an email, justin.welikesports at gmail.com. And let him know that we could end up setting him up with an email to end up writing because I'm sure he wants to talk about a 30 for 30 with Stephen R. Smith, but I don't want the four-letter network ESPN to grab him before we do. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because when he texted me on Christmas, he said, Merry Christmas. So I was like, oh, okay, why is this awkwardly spelled and it's in capital letters? Oh, okay, it's my friend Stephen R. So I said, Merry Christmas, back to you. And he gave me a thumbs up. I thought it was Merry Crystal Lightmas. I read the text message. It's Stephen R. Who knows? Casey, are you hip to Stephen R. Smith? Did you end up watching any of those episodes while you were down in Florida hanging out at Disney? Yeah, I know I know of him. I know of him. I'm not a, I wasn't an avid listener, but I, <laughs> I know of him. You are missing out. Missing out. If you had a chance to meet Stephen R. Smith in the podcast, what would be the question that you'd end up wanting to end up having him? Because there might be potential that we could end up, if we say his name three times, he might be able to give a quick hot take. What would that question be, Casey? Is PV Insider real or is he a fake insider? Is he a real insider or a fake insider? 
Yeah, with my insider information, Casey always ends up giving me uh, shit ever since the, uh, the old days of covering sports. He thinks I'm a fake insider. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe he'll be on the show next week, and we'll definitely ask him from there. When we end up talking about the AFC Championship, though, and Patrick Mahomes, what are the other quarterbacks that we're going to be seeing more often, like the matchups? Like, let's think about that right now, because we're talking about the rivalry that Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes has already established. You might end up having down the line Patrick Mahomes against, uh, I don't know, Kenny Pickett, and that's a big stretch right now. Pickett against Burrow, Burrow against Jackson. You have Trevor Lawrence against Mahomes down the line, possibly, because the Jaguars are even looking stacked right now. And they have, what, Calvin Ridley, too? And he's just been sports betting and suspended this whole year. What has... Like, what's the thought in the future of the AFC, I guess, is the real question. Riggs, if you want to start first, and then we'll just go around in the round table to Casey and Justin. I feel like the AFC, like, I, like, I, like, if I can, like, chime in on what I said a little bit earlier on the show, it's so much new, young, fresh faces, and I, I think that's going to be just fantastic. Like, I'm rooting for a Josh Allen to finally be a made man, you know, shut the haters up, you know. I'm, I'm a big advocate for him. I'm just I'm just I'm just interested in a new generation and a new era of professional football, definitely in the AFC, you know, because being where I'm from, you know, the AFC North is the division where my hometown team sits at. So sad at because you're divorced. Exactly. But like, like I said earlier, seeing all these faces, you know, like your Brady, hopefully he might be done. Roethlisberger's done. The both Mannings are done, you know, like it's it's fun to see something fresh and new. And I seen this I seen a new wave coming in the NFL a couple of years ago, and I'm actually happy from what I'm seeing. I, I can't wait. I think the AFC – I feel like the AFC is going to – I feel like the AFC gives better football games, in my opinion, quarterback-wise. Like, more numbers. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but, you know, that's just my opinion on the AFC. I think it has – I think it also has to do with, you know, your hometown team being the AFC North. I mean, those are really the games that you pay more attention to. And those I – mean, yeah, the games that show up more. Yeah, I mean, but go ahead, Casey. I'm sorry. No, it, it, I was going to say, it's kind of like what we talked about last week when it comes to, let, let's say the, the Bills would have won this last two weeks ago and the Bengals lost. Would we say, oh, the Bengals' window's closed now? Like, are they actually for real? And now instead of doubting Josh Allen or the Bills, we say, oh, man, they, they might be like a, something that could go back to back Super Bowls this year or next year. And it, it's just crazy how, um, like I said, one game in the playoffs could change what people think about you going to the next year and in the future. And then if you look at the Bengals, they could say, oh, they have a bad old line. What are we going to do? They have no no way to protect protect Joe Burrow. How long is he going to last, you know? So it's an interesting thing because, like Rick said, with all these young quarterbacks, I mean, it's a positive because, you know, it's good football on the way. But like I said, they, they get to so quick at judgments, either good or bad on something, and just, just based on one game, you know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I, I have to jump back to the AFC North only because – you know, you have Joe Burrow, who's, who's what, third year, fourth year in? Um, made third it to the year, Super Bowl. The ACL screen in the first year. Yeah, I mean, made it to the Super Bowl, made it to the AFC Championship, um, uh, lost on a last-second field goal. Um, and, then, <clears throat> and then you look at the Baltimore Ravens. Who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson next year, you know, with all these rumors going around. Is he coming, is he coming back? And then, you know, with the Browns, Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's been around, but he's still, he's, he's that quarterback that might be able to take them to the next level. They just have to start putting more pieces around him. I mean, 
look at he's got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that more, especially on, you know, your third and shorts. I don't know how many times we've seen the Browns throw the ball on third and one, you know, because Stefanski thinks, you know, he's just smarter than everybody with the analytics. The ball down their throat. Um, so being, you know, the Steeler fan, I don't, I don't see Kenny Pickett being the future, but it's, it is refreshing to see a, a division that's, you know, all young quarterbacks. Like, like Riggs said, Roethlisberger's gone. So, like, he was the older guy in that division. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say he was still tearing it up, you know, all the way through. Um, so I can't take that away from him. But it is refreshing to see these, these young quarterbacks now and leading their teams. I mean, Pickett, you know, just getting thrown in after Mitch Trubisky, which I never liked that pickup to begin with. It, it's 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 going to be fun to see how it pans out, especially in the AFC North, because like I said, you know, is Lamar going to go back, you know, with all these rumors? Joe Burrow's going to be there. I mean, Cincinnati loves him. Pittsburgh, they got to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback. But Kenny Pickett, he's, he's, he, he's good for right now. He's definitely not the future. Um and then, you know, Deshaun's going to be there a while with all that guaranteed money. On another note, though, guys, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers news came out, I think, yesterday after the Super Bowl or beforehand that the Packers are preferring to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers is aware of it, so he's going to be looking for a new team soon. Riggs, if you want to start us off, what team do you think would be the best fit for Aaron Rodgers? In your opinion, it could be the biggest outlandish, you could say, the New England Patriots even. It doesn't matter what. Where do you want him to go, and where do you think in reality? I thought he was going to leave the Packers last year and go somewhere else. Honestly, I look at it like this. In my opinion, I think Aaron Rodgers, he's going to go to a warm-weather city, a warm-weather state, because he's tired of probably playing in freezing-ass Lambeau. And where do all the old people go to retire? They go to Florida. Let's say Tom Brady's done. You bring in Aaron Rodgers in the Tampa Bay. Uh, that's a that's a bold statement there. I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, y'all disrespect. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. I was talking about. I know about going uh, <laughs> going down to Tampa. I'm not taking any offense to it. I was just saying. I'm surprised. I can't see him going to Tampa Bay and replacing Brady. I, I think he's gonna stay with the Packers, man. I don't. I, I don't know. All that rumors. I. It, it's hard not to see like him in a Packers uniform. Because you think back to Favre, and I mean, looking at Favre after he left them, he went to the Vikings. It wasn't the same, you know what I mean? Like you could tell it was at the end of his career. Yeah. And then he go to the Jets as well. Didn't he play for the Jets for a season? Yep, I think. Yep. Because yep. that's when he was the cover of Madden, and they had two different covers because he got traded in the middle of it. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think Rodgers leaves uh, Green Bay. I don't think it's going to go as well as Brady leaving New England and winning the Super Bowl. I think he's not going to have success wherever he goes it's just like a Russell Wilson type thing too you know I'm actually gonna have to piggyback off of that I mean if Aaron Rodgers were to leave the Packers I think it's gonna be because of retirement I don't know if he's ever gonna go anywhere else because it wouldn't be the same and I think he knows that but if I had to pick a team why wouldn't it be Miami if Tua can't play I mean he that dude's got brains of scrambled eggs right now true yeah that's not a bad one yeah, yeah, the Dolphins. Yeah, that's definitely not bad. Yeah, it's still it's still in the uh, sunshine state of Florida. I feel like Aaron Rodgers. He's a man on a mission. I think he wants one. He wants to host one more Lombardi Trophy for himself or or whatever team he lands on. Or if he stays in Green Bay, then I think he'll be content. I don't think he just wants to be a one and done 
Do you think he could win another Super Bowl as a starter, though? Ooh, that's now that's a tough question. That is a that's a good. What, what, and a what tough if you question. put him on the Niners team this this season? If he was the Niners quarterback this season, would he have won the Super Bowl? Ooh, we and you got Christian McCaffrey as the running back down over there too. Oh man, that's a good question. You know, one of the um, best tight ends to throw to, and George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine a Super Bowl with George Kittle against uh, Travis Kelsey? That would have been. You have two wrestling fans to go back to hey, earlier to hey, to that. Dude, do not take away that the Kelsey brothers are playing against each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to be that's cool. awesome. And an awkward family conversation at get-togethers, whoever wins this Super Bowl between those two. And I was telling Peyton earlier when we were at the gym off, obviously off the air, the two Kelsey brothers being in the Super Bowl right now, that's basically kind of like, well, even though Peyton and Eli never faced each other in the Super Bowl, you have two brothers in the league, one's AFC and one's NFC. Riggs, I swear I thought you were about to call it the Cleveland Bowl because they're both from Cleveland Heights. Oh, ha. Huh. Nope, I was not going to do that. Nope. When you said Cleveland Bowl, he probably had a thought of another thing. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, Dinner Bowl. Cleveland Dinner Bowl, you know. I don't know what you mm-hmm. guys are thinking. But, I mean, what What if? That, that goes to the game, though, with Aaron Rodgers, though. What if he would have been on the 49ers? What if, what if Kansas City ended up playing the 49ers with Aaron Rodgers? Right now, I mean, a lot of people, I said earlier on with Riggs that we'll end up having – the preview later on for the Super Bowl. It's just way too soon right now, and we have the flag football contest next this upcoming weekend, not next weekend, which I think is absolutely ridiculous ridiculous to begin with. But what if that Super Bowl, it was the 49ers with Rodgers and Mahomes, and there's no such thing as Brock Purdy instead, and there's no such thing as Trey Lance getting hurt. The foundation of the NFL would be shook completely. Mm-hmm. I really like that Brock Purdy kid. I mean, he, he stepped up when he needed to. I, I like him as a quarterback for San Fran. This year, who, who knows what's going to happen next year. puts him in a tough year. spot. Yeah, as I was saying, next year it puts him in a tough spot because you got right. what are you going to go with there with those options right. you have? If you end up trading trade Lance then, too, what direction – that was a rumor last week now. What direction do you end up going to because you have Jimmy G who could have been healthy this week of the Super Bowl. You had Brock Purdy that still should be from the numbers. He's not undefeated. But the fact he's seven and one, and he ended up—he didn't even play the game at all. Let's be honest; it was four for four. He didn't—he did throw an incomplete pass, but he didn't get to play the game at all. Essentially, when he couldn't play, throw it past five yards. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't throw it all either. Exactly. How much of the landscape of the NFL would have had that changed if Brock Purdy never ended up having that success? What about Jimmy Garoppolo next season then, and Trey Lance? What do you do with him? There's so many different things that you end up going with now, but. I guess on another note, though, it has to be mentioned. Uh, yesterday, John Adams ended up passing away. Longtime Cleveland Indian slash Cleveland Guardians drummer. Rest in peace. What, what are your guys' best memories, I guess, at an Indians or a Guardians game when you ended up hearing the rally drum behind you? I remember being a little kid and one of my first few Guardians slash Indians games, whatever you want to call them, and I was sitting with my grandmother – and I kept hearing this drum being beaten on. And I'm like, where is that coming from? And she turns me around and she points. And she explains to me, that's John Adams. He's been here since the old stadium. And when the game I was at, this was in Jacobs Field. Let's call this 1995. And she gave me the rundown on him. And I was like, oh, okay. So he comes here and he does that. And she's like, yeah, it helps the team win. And it brings good spirits and great energy. So I was like, cool, you know. So we have Slider 
as the mascot. And then we have John Adams as, I won't call him a mascot, but I will call him... Staple. Yeah, exactly. And I met the man once, and I remember, you know, I just came up, I shook his hand, and as I asked if I can beat the drum once, and he gave me the stick, and I beat the drum once, and I thanked him for it, and he said, you know, no problem. And, you know, Cleveland, we, we lost a legend here in the Northeast Ohio when it came to Mr. John Adams, and he will be greatly missed. And I think the Guardians... They need to play their hearts out this year and win for him. And I don't think progressive field is ever going to be the same without him, without someone banging the drum. I don't even want anyone to replace him at the moment when it comes to that. I don't think you can. You can't have somebody replace that. I think they, they have it sometimes on the in the sound system. They play the drum beat yeah. too. But. I think they did that uh, the past two years because he hasn't been able to be there. Yeah, I think yeah, since it. he was gone. I think his seat in progressive field, it's, no one should ever sit there. I think they should just make that his section, whatever, the, the, the seat that he sat in, that bench, no one sits there. That's just – you know what I'm saying? Just a, Yeah, I mean, he's got a name I, plaque there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's an homage for him. Yeah, most definitely. I would like to see yeah. one of his family members <clears throat> out a first pitch at one of the games this year, you know. Oh, and yeah, that'd be cool. Hit it with the drum like how he did a while back, too. Like, the first iconic, like... I mean, he was a fan that got to throw out a first pitch, essentially. Even though he was a huge staple for the Indians, Guardians. I mean, even if you want to be specific, he was only with the Indians. After the name change and everything, it was the Guardians afterwards. But COVID happened, and then he ended up missing the season. But, I mean, he ended up having a first pitch where he ended up having it on a bounce and hitting it with the drum. I mean, it's going to be different. Yeah, like Casey said, it's in the sound system. You still hear it. I mean, I guess the real question is, is when you end up having an opportunity to go to a guards game now, is it just going to be the fact that you remember that drum so you're going to be clapping to that beat? Because when I'm at a game, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm gonna, If he's not there that last year when I was going to games, I still want to end up clapping to that beat because that's the beat that everybody knows. It's like, the, it's like a, a popular song. It's like a top mm-hmm. song, essentially. And everybody knows it. Your 33,000 of your closest friends know what that song is. And it's just clapping, essentially, to just a specific beat. Yeah, man. You know, you know, I, 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 my, my deepest condolences <laughs> goes out to him and his family. Um, I wish them all the best. Thank you for sharing him with us in Northeast Ohio. And, you know, I hope he made his family proud. He definitely made the... Cleveland baseball fan base proud to be who we are and to represent our team. Like there will be no, that man can never be replaced. Never, ever. That's all. Uh, I wouldn't call it a stat, but a fact, I guess he started in 1973 and he only missed 45 home games. Wow. I don't know what kind of job he had that he could go to. <laughs> right. Yeah, he started beating that drum when he was 21. Time. Started beating the drum since 21. Well, the yep. year 21, not 2021 or 1921. But, I mean, the thing is, is no, not, the only age is it, of 21. not only is it the the fact that he had a job that was flexible with that, but he also had the ability, you know, I mean, bleacher seats aren't the most expensive, but he had to pay for the longest time for his drum and himself. Because that was a spot that that drum was taken up. Another fun fact for you, if you didn't know that. No, I did not know that. Thank you for the information. There's yeah, eventually, eventually they gave him, now. Eventually they gave him, you know, free tickets. Oh yeah, right, for the drum and everything, and just because he was yeah. a tradition. And at that point, yeah. Speaking speaking of him, um, Great Lakes Beer released a special beer for him 
a couple years back. Um, like, oh, I have it right here. I'm going to get up and I'm going to grab it. It is called Rally Drum Red Ale, and it's What's by it Great Lakes Brewery. It's called Rally Drum Red Ale, and it's by Great Lakes Brewing Company up here in Cleveland, Ohio. And the can is red and black, and it has a baseball and the drum, and it's two sticks there. I purchased this at a local grocery store, like I said, no more than four years ago at least. So now I'm going to have to find another one, and I'm really going to drink this one and flavor it and everything because out of memory for him. I'm actually take a picture of it, and I'm going to share it on the We Like Sports podcast pages and everything like that. Wait, oh, yeah. do, you, do you have that? Do you have that in the fridge? No, 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 no. I drank it, uh, and then I just I I'll, left. Okay, I was gonna say, how how can you sit there and have that beer sitting in the fridge for that long? Oh no, no, yeah, no, yeah. That thing would have been gone after <laughs> a bad day of work. Trust me. Uh, I know. Coming like up here when, in the it's next, like me when I see a bush light. Latte. Well, I know here in the next minute or so, I'm gonna exit myself from the We Like Sports podcast because around about eight o'clock here in about the next thirty seconds. I'm going to be on the phone with Mr. Stephen R. Smith and try to book his flight and everything to see where he's at so he can join us on the show next week. Is he going to be watching Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I, 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 he might be. I don't know. Let Stephen R. know. Let Stephen R. Smith know that we all said hello. Let him know we're looking forward to it. Seriously, let him consider writing a piece on the We Like Sports website as well because the fans know enough of the We Like Sports visual and audio hot takes to see those. On the internet, just imagine that Stephen R. Smith, how viral he may be able to get. Let him know that. Honestly, I will. Um, the sky's the limit. I will uh, make sure he is professional as he can be on the We Like Sports podcast. But, yep, I think he's ringing in with me right now. So um, We're going to make Stephen R. bigger than any four-letter network would. Hell, yeah, I'm going to let him know that. But, all right, guys, um, I'm going to wrap this up really quick. If it's not too late, if you guys are still doing the show here in a moment, I will join right back on. Sounds good, Riggs. Thanks for joining in. And at this time, we'll be taking a brief break, guys. Now for a word from our friends of the Life on the Loop podcast. Life on the Loop podcast, hosted by Marcus Crow and Patrick Faraday, a.k.a. The Bold Man. Brilliant. Two guys grinding it out, lugging bags, and living the dream. Join us every Wednesday for Tales from the Course. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Casual conversation and a dose of golf banter. We have special guest appearances from experienced caddies. We're sitting on the chairman of Augusta National's patio, drinking beer, watching golf. Friends and golf enthusiasts. So don't miss out and get Life on the Loop podcast into your ears now. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Life on the Loop 9. If you want to hear more from your two favorite British caddies, then head over to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. What more do you need? Oh, I farted. That's my dog. Segways from topic to topic. I love when you do that. <laughs> Shut up, stupid. Welcome back to the Wheeler Force Podcast. This is Peyton Vince. This is Peyton Vince. <sighs> Welcome back to the Wheeler Sports Podcast. I'm with CJ, Casey, myself, Peyton, as we end up talking about now, that's in Bennett being arrested. I mean, is it just the fact that he's 25 years old and he's making stupid decisions and he's still in college? Or is it just the fact that he's stupid? Which one is it? I mean, stupid. Like, you know, I love people on the internet. Oh, he's 20. Like, dude, like, we get shit-faced. You know what I mean? 25-year-olds get shit-faced. He's an, and he's a national champion. Like, two-time, partying, you know? Well, this, this is the peak of his, his life. You know what I mean? Like, 
He's not going to be any higher than this. Yeah. Did you see what he projected as as a quarterback? By the way, he's like a fourth round projection, which I understand why it's the peak of his life. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. He's walking around. He's enjoying it. Like, dude, a lot of people go to college for seven years. You know, most of them are called doctors. But he's enjoying it. He, you know, he got drunk. He got arrested. No, that's uh, Tommy Boy. I'm mad. I missed that. I'm like, I knew I knew that movie. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, get, he, 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 he don't got nothing going on at college. He's in, he's in Dallas. He's drunk. Like, whatever. You know, shit happens. Did you see the one police video at me? And it was, like, him, like, fleeing no, the theater. The, like, no, it's the Baker, Baker video. Midfield. I know. I, yeah, I had yeah. to click in depth on it because I'm like, there's no way. And then the title was Baker Mayfield. With, with, the, with the DX music in the background. Yeah. What do you man, think, man, like, man. that future is then for, like, NFL-wise? I mean. Is this almost comparable to Laramie Tunsell before the draft? No, I don't think it's that. that. He's not like a first-round pick. I don't think this is going to make or break teams on Stetson Bennett. You know what I mean? Dude's going to be like a back. He's going to be like Chase Daniel. He's going to be a back quarterback probably forever. You know, bouncing around the league. He's accurate. He's quick. He's smart. He's a back quarterback. That's what he is. Yeah, just on another note, though, I mean, Stetson Bennett is a really difficult topic. I mean, it's something to hit on, but there's not anything to really elaborate with just because he's a kid in college. I mean, like, if it's, like, Bryce Young, like, I just think of the non-story just because he's, like, you know what I mean? He's not going to – maybe there's a team where, like, all right, yeah, we're not even going to bother with him. We don't want to be – if it was, like, Bryce Young or Stroud or Levis or Richardson, like, you got a story with – you know, dude's like a – if he didn't win two national teams, it's a non-story. Brandon Whedon. Dude, the Brandon Whedon thing gets me every time people – like, he's 20 – we drafted Brandon – Browns drafted Brandon Whedon. He was, like, 28-29. No one batted a – first-round pick. Like, 30-year-old quarterback. Dude, as a kid, I even knew that it was a stupid – when they did yeah. that. It's like, how did no, – how, how did somebody older than me that was a GM getting money, how did they end up having that be a possibility that they didn't know what they were doing? And another one you could name with that is somebody like Corey Coleman, too, if you want to. Fucking sorry, that's Corey Coleman. Justin Gilbert. Was Coleman old when the Browns drafted? That's not like age wise. Like, you know what I mean? Whedon was like 30 and no one better than I. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, no, I yeah. know what you're saying, but I'm saying then there's. 25 people shit all over the guy. I'm saying I understand, like, I understand what you mean with his age and, like, nobody better than I was Brandon Whedon, but there was somebody that was a GM in the position of where Andrew Barry's at right now for the Browns that when I was a kid, I knew it was a stupid decision making a draft pick like Brandon Whedon. That front office, my point being, back then for the Browns, was terrible. Like, what was how how did how is the Browns a, a legitimate franchise? And this goes into the saying, "Browns is the Browns," right? Oh, the Browns. Well, that, that shit. This is that shit yesterday with the Bengals game. I thought that that was gonna be like. I watched it and I said, "This feels just like the stuff when the Browns are fucking do." <laughs> that close to going overtime and then late hit. That's why I think the Browns are the Browns. And the thing is, too, is that not only is it like a Browns aura to the game almost, the Browns were the last team on Halloween to beat the Bengals. Let's take that into account then, too, if you want to. If you really want to make it go full circle. Yeah, man, it makes it go full circle, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm excited to hear where this goes. All right, so Tom Brady ended up being seen at local schools in Miami. Guys, is he making a move to the Dolphins, or is it just the fact that Giselle, his ex-wife, lives in Miami and is just looking um, at schools and being a dad? 
I'll say with Brady, I don't, I don't suit Miami. I know people throw Vegas around. Like, he's going to be Vegas. They had energy, sure. Um, what about Rodgers to Vegas? I don't know why Rodgers to the Jets makes a lot of sense. Rodgers to Vegas makes sense, too. Uh, are we talking about Brady? I, I don't see Brady to Miami now. It don't make sense to me. I think, yeah, I don't. I think you're grasping for straws in that one. I don't know. Yeah, I know there was like the stuff earlier with him, but. Well, yeah, but the, 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 all that shit that was going on when the, the, the last time, though, when there was yeah. all those reports, you know, so I don't think he's going to do it again. With the MLB Hall of Fame happening last week, the voting's done. The Baseball Writers Association of America, the BBWAA, if you will. Bunch of letters that means probably jack shit to everybody that's not a baseball fan or not a sports fan in general. But what do you guys think about the fact that Scott Rowland is in the MLB Hall of Fame now, along with Fred McGriff? They both got voted in for the 2023 Hall of Fame class. But Gary Sheffield voted in, and now he's running out of time. Next year is his last year overall. Personally, I think Gary Sheffield belongs in the Hall of Fame over Scott Rowland. I don't know about you guys. It all depends what you look at. You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys that, that should be in. There's some guys that shouldn't be in. I mean, it's just, it's just all about the perception. You're like, what, what do the people value? Is it more the eye test? Is it more the uh, championship success? Is it more the uh, consistency? You know what I mean? It all depends on what you're looking at in a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I agree with Casey. I mean, I don't know. I got both their baseball references up right now. I think Gary Sheffield is more of a Hall of Famer than Scott Rowland. Um, Are you looking at offensively and defensively? You know, I'm stuff like that, too. Just stuff, yeah. Like, Chef's got – I mean, my big thing for – Chef's got 500 home runs. That's enough for me. You got 500 home runs, you're a Hall of Famer. I think most of the guys with 500 home runs are Hall of Famers. Um, his war's over 60. I think with Sheffield, kind of the thing that weighs him down a little bit is that he did play on so many teams. That's how like, yeah. Well, I mean, think Roland kind of played for a lot of teams. I, don't know, like, I, mean, more like well, I think he played for the Astros, is what I think, over the Blue Jays. Roland? I think Cardinals and, uh, Cardinals and Phillies for Roland. I think Cardinals and – I just think Cardinals. I think Roland is such a small window. Roland's offensive stats aren't there. I, when I think Hall of Famer, I think, like, who's a dude? Like, I don't think – Scott Rowland was ever like a top ten player in baseball. I feel like you're not giving him nowadays the two hundred, three hundred. You're not giving him a mega contract. You're not giving. I, I think you're giving Sheffield. One I think Todd mind. Helton is more of a Hall of Famer than Scott Rowland. That oh man, Todd Helton was decent, but I don't. I'd agree with you on that though too, because I also don't think that highly of Todd, Todd Helton. He's got more hits. He's got more home runs. Three sixteen hitter for his career. I just think Todd Helton's more Hall of Fame than Scott Rowland. I'm looking at some of the guys too. I'm trying to see the Hall of Fame tracker real fast. Um, guys that like I see are on ballots. Like if I had a vote, Andrew Jones. Like Andrew Jones is more a Hall of Famer than any of them. I think Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, take Stanley. Hey, Rod and Manny get tricky. <laughs> yeah, there's you know Samuel Pet. I think Mark Burley's a Hall of Famer. Mark Burley's got 200 wins as a left. Well, Omar. I don't think Omar's a Hall of Famer. Omar might be because of the alleged cases with him, though, that ends up holding Not even that. Him. I've just never thought of Omar as a Hall of Famer. I don't know. Well, the thing like, is, though, like Napoli. I don't think he's got the offensive stats. I mean, Omar has got a lot of hits, but, like, the dude played for a million years and was a three-time All-Star. And the thing is, is he was a defensive All-Star, though, too, for the most part. And the thing with baseball, I think personally, too, and then I guess this will end up wrapping things up, 
I think with baseball, though, the thing that ends up being co- overcomplicated in this sport is if you're looking at a Hall of Famer, you're looking at the offensive side, everybody understands offensive, offensive numbers, and same thing with pitching. Like, you understand the basics. You understand hits. You understand an average. You understand on-base percentage. You understand slugging to a point. Average, everybody knows. Hits, everybody knows. Home runs and RBIs and the amount of times you strike out. That's easy in baseball. But when it comes to the defensive side, when you end up going with so many of those minuscule details, what are like those ratings weren't necessarily around for somebody like Omar Vizquel to be judged on. What are we doing with some of these guys that are fringe? Are we going to give these fringe guys a bump if we're not going to include the steroid guys? Like if that's what we're doing, that's fine. I think you know Scott Rowland, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones. You know, I think they're all famers. But well, like if it, but like I I think traditionally they're like Hall of very good. Like they're good players. I just don't see them as Hall of Famers. Well, the fact to me, look look at the people that were on the ballot the first time this year. Like, you've got fucking Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta. Well, those are guys. To get on the ballot, you just need to play 10 years. J.J. Hardy. Yeah, I mean, that's what you need. When you look at Scott, Bronson Arroyo. You know, Scott Rowan, of course, you know, I mean, just off Hall of Fame. Scott Rowan's a top, you know, top 15 third baseman. There's only 15 third basemen in the Hall of Fame. And Scott Rowland's one of them. Like, some of these dudes are old as shit. I would say, he, but a Reed's better than A-Rod. You know what I mean? A-Rod's yeah. taking steroids, whatever. But like, like, you know what I mean? But, like, A-Rod, like, we can't – it happened. Like, A-Rod played the game. Like, so that's where my thing is where it becomes, like, real dicey. Like, I think Beltre gets in. I know he's up for the belt. Actually, I think Adrian Beltre gets in. He's got 3,000 hits. But, like, it just, you know, Scott Rowland was even the best third baseman during this time. I'd agree with you on that. And the thing is, though, too, is to take it even a step further – when you end up having guys with steroid allegations in the past or else they've been proven with the fact that they were on performance-enhancing drugs, does it end up coming down to the point that baseball should end up having – I ask this question all the time. Should baseball end up having a steroid wing for the Hall of Fame at Cooperstown? Because Pete Rose – it wouldn't necessarily be a steroid No, no, no. Wing Pete Rose is a different betting. thing. It's in the rules that you can't bet on a game, and if you do it, you get banned. Like, it's in the rules of baseball. But it's, then it's legal now, too, and he's able to do it, then that's fine. And he's yeah, but it wasn't then. For example, with that, I'd even put Pete Rose in that steroid wing because it's kind of like the outcast group. I just think, like, the steroid, it was an era of baseball where it feels like everybody was on roids. You know what I mean? Most guys, not everybody. But you know what I mean? Like, we, ne- we don't know what was real and what wasn't. Like, and you can't, like, pick and choose. You got guys, you know, Barry Bonds never failed a drug test. You know what I mean? Like, there's no proof that Barry Bonds – like, so you got this whole thing where you're almost forgetting a generation of baseball players. Compare that to Rose, where Rose bet on games. We know you bet on games, and it's in the rules that you can't bet on games. Like, that's part of it. You know, you get banned for life. Well, okay, well, I I agree, but you think that him betting on games affected any of his stats? No, I don't. I just think, you know, it's in the rules. Whereas you you did that you take steroids, obviously – Affects your game, right? So I mean, I don't I, think steroid guys should be in the Hall of Fame. I just think it leaves baseball in this weird, like limbo of what are we going to do? Are we going to give some of these guys that we would consider fringe, very good guys like Scott Rowland? You think Scott Rowland was the best up? best infielder no, on, his, on that don't. team? I mean, like I was looking at Jimmy Rollins. Do you think Jimmy Rollins is better than, than uh, Scott? That's Rowland? what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Chase Upley is better than Scott Rowland. Does this make Chase Upley a Hall of Famer now? Like you know, what I mean? well, I was saying, Jimmy Rollins is in the Hall of Famer. You know, so. Do we give these guys that we know are very, very good players in the same era? We're going to give them the nod 
in part because they're clean. Because I feel like that's what gave Scott Rowland the nod. He started off like a really, really low vote. Yeah. 10%. You know what I mean? So, like, the first year he was on the ballot, he got 10% of the vote. Yeah, no, you know he got mean? in. What, what changed that got him now 75% of the vote? That's, like, you know what I mean? Is it that mindset of we're going to give these guys that are good players, you know, fringe guys, are we going to give them the bump? That's a good point, though, because like he hasn't done anything in the last six years, yeah. so what, what could have changed you know, that by that big yeah. of a – That's a drastic swing. I mean, maybe they have, for the last six years had bigger names, you know, but – I know that's part of it, yeah, but, like, I just – I, you know what I mean? Are we going to give some of these guys that, you know, you might not consider to be Hall of Famers now Hall of Famers? Well, it's, like, it's fine like, if that's what we do. What, do you, what point do you hit? Like, what year on the ballot do you hit that? It's like there's no chance you're making it in. At you know what I mean? Then you get dropped. Yeah, that's what I know. You know, like you would think after years, six years, there's no shot. I think what we'll see happen with the Hall of Fame voting uh, is the Veterans Committee. You know what I mean? Like that's how a guy like Fred McGriff gets in. Like, what is the Veterans Committee going to do with this steroid era? The last question, and then we'll end up wrapping things up because it's all going hand in hand with a guy like Fred McGriff and the Veterans Committee. Like, obviously. It's going to be not just the concept that you're in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think it's going to be that the baseball writers end up having more, I guess, prestige that they vote you in instead of the Veterans Committee. You know what I mean? It kind of seems like a consolation prize to be almost voted in by the Veterans Committee than it yeah, is. Yeah, and where... I just, you know, I, I just personally. It's like being an all-star because the, the starter is sitting out yeah. of the game. I just think like it's the one of those ball. things where we have such a tough fit with this steroid era and how it's going to play out. We're going to see it kind of over this next, you know, five minutes. Now, you can't tell the story of baseball without, you know, without 1998, without Barry Bonds. Like, this, you know, you still – it existed. I, I think that it just – Well, there's, there's a lot of black spots in baseball history, yeah. though, you know what I mean, that you, you look back at. I think baseball tries its best, but baseball always ends up screwing itself over. They kick and it out its own that- way. No, you're good. Sorry. And on that note. And on that note, guys, catch us next week, (laughs) next Tuesday. We like sports podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. You could also catch us on iHeartRadio and Amazon Music as well. Uh, Guys, thanks for jumping on. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Riggs, Justin, Casey, CJ, jumping on in, talking football, talking some baseball, talking some 25-year-old college quarterbacks as well. Also, make sure to check out our website, too, WeLikeSportsPC.com. And as you heard earlier on in the show, Stephen R. Smith making a return soon to the We Like Sports Podcast, talking about the Super Bowl on the We Like Sports Podcast. Guys, before we go, as tradition ends up having, like before, Hanley Ramirez. That's a good one. Juan Pierre. Chris Davis. Chris Davis with a KH. No, with a CH. Stay tuned to our social media, at We Like Sports PC on Twitter. KCCJ gave your Twitters as well. Three, two, one. Not Wilson. Maybe it's my name. Maybe it's Casey Katowski. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Peyton, before we go, how do you make an octopus laugh? Give him 10 tickles.